if you want to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything, where you ask Stephen Pope, that's me, a question live on camera, join this link with StreamYard. Once you join inside of StreamYard, uh, we can only have a maximum of 10 people in at any given time. And so uh, you'll enter into our private chat and say, hey, I want to ask Stephen about this. I want to ask him about PPC, SEO design, catalog troubles, whatever it might be. I then will select your question and add you into my stream. After we finish our conversation, I'll remove you from the stream and you can continue watching here on YouTube. We want to rotate through as many people as possible and offer a format that's never been done before. Basically, it's like the radio. When somebody calls up, asks their question, they go on the air and they do the next interview side by side. I want to be able to talk to as many Amazon sellers as possible because I love talking to Amazon sellers. That's why we brought this StreamYard format along. So again, just log in with a link in StreamYard. We'll have that link at the top of this video here in the comment section. If you want to be alerted about the link to join StreamYard or you want to be alerted about other Amazon news, go over to myamazonguy.com slash subscribe. Put your email address in right here. That's our newsletter. Uh, we reach thousands of Amazon sellers and virtual assistants and everybody that wants to learn about things that are happening in the Amazon space. And as a heads up, if you join the StreamYard and don't ask a question in the chat within two minutes, we're going to remove you because we're capped with the number of people that can join the StreamYard. So if you just want to watch, you don't want to ask a question on camera, just watch here at YouTube, youtube.com slash myamazonguy. be one of the lucky Amazon sellers joining us today, now is the time. Join that StreamYard link to the top of the YouTube description on the live video. Talk to you guys soon under seven minutes.
If you want to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything, where you ask Stephen Pope, that's me, a question live on camera, join this link with StreamYard. Once you join inside of StreamYard, uh, we can only have a maximum of 10 people in at any given time. And so uh, you'll enter into our private chat and say, hey, I want to ask Stephen about this. I want to ask him about PPC, SEO design, catalog troubles, whatever it might be. I then will select your question and add you into my stream. After we finish our conversation, I'll remove you from the stream and you can continue watching here on YouTube. We want to rotate through as many people as possible and offer a format that's never been done before. Basically, it's like the radio. When somebody calls up, asks their question, they go on the air and they do the next interview side by side. I want to be able to talk to as many Amazon sellers as possible because I love talking to Amazon sellers. That's why we brought this StreamYard format along. So again, just log in with a link in StreamYard. We'll have that link at the top of this video here in the comment section. If you want to be alerted about the link to join StreamYard or you want to be alerted about other Amazon news, go over to myamazonguy.com slash subscribe and put your email address in right here. That's our newsletter. Uh, we reach thousands of Amazon sellers and virtual assistants and everybody that wants to learn about things that are happening in the Amazon space. And as a heads up, if you join the StreamYard and don't ask a question in the chat within two minutes, we're going to remove you because we're capped with the number of people that can join the StreamYard. So if you just want to watch, you don't want to ask a question on camera, just watch here at YouTube, youtube.com slash myamazonguy.
Hello and welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm excited to be your host today. This is a new format. We haven't done this uh, more than a couple times so far. So for those that are new and haven't seen us do this before, what we do is we have guests come on live and ask their question by video. So if you want to join us today, all you got to do is click on that StreamYard link and we'll add you to the queue. You'll come on live and chat with us. Super excited to do that. But first, let's look at a couple of comments we got in the chat. Kevin says, good morning from Lakeland, Florida. Kevin, you have you have uh, been at almost every one of our podcasts. Surely you want to come on camera today and ask me a question. Don't be shy. We'd love to have you, Kevin. So you, you've been a super fan. So we appreciate you. So feel free to join that StreamYard link, Kevin. Uh, we have lots of different people uh, talking. By the way, the StreamYard link, it's right at the top of the YouTube description. You can see that link right there. Uh, we're going to go to our first guest momentarily. We do have a couple of people that have put some questions. Well, hey guys, I'm back. Apparently my power just went out of my house. So what do you do? <laughs> nice windy weather we're having right now. Uh, we'll see if I can do the show like this. Maybe the power will come back. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, looks like we lost our guests in the back. They, they disappeared. Uh, let's see. So I'll, I'll start answering questions from the comment section. We'll see how this goes. And then uh, we'd love to take anybody uh, behind the scenes and still do some on-camera interviews today. So first we got a question from Jeff. My listing currently shows unavailable and the FBA inventory and the help function in Seller Central says my listing is in perfect working order. So there's a lot of things, Jeff, you're going to need to troubleshoot here, uh, including the fact that there could be a hidden suppression. Uh, first thing I would do is I would look at whether it says active or inactive on the back end of Seller Central. And uh, if it says inactive, there's some sort of catalog issue that Amazon is acknowledging that you can see on the back end there. If it says active and you still can't see it and you click on the link and it goes to a lost dogs page, you have what's called a listing yank. And that's a challenge or that's a problem. If there's not a lost dogs page and the page shows up, but the listing is not purchasable, uh, that's a separate issue. And then finally, the last scenario is if you have uh, the listing shows up just fine, you can buy it just fine but you can't find the product, that is 100% a listing uh, suppression. And to fix a listing suppression, what you do is you make sure that all of the attributes are correctly filled in, 
Uh, you update the title, you update the main image, and even if it doesn't say it's suppressed, but when you type the ASIN into amazon.com and the product doesn't show up, that is a sign that you have a hidden suppression. And that's, that's a very easy thing to fix. You can usually fix it in about 15 minutes. You just got to update the main image or the title of the product. So hopefully that gives you a head start there. Uh, let's see. So looking on the back end, we're shy on guests that want to come on camera today, which, which of course is uh, not, not my favorite thing because we're trying to do guests on camera today. Uh, Josh says, hey, Steve, I want to create a parentage for a client. When I downloaded their category listings report, there are no columns for parent skew, relationship type, or variations theme. Okay, so CLR report, you guys know how to do a backup on the catalog. No column for update or delete. Do I manually create the columns for these? Should I copy and paste the columns needed from a past variation I created for a different brand in the Excel sheet? So I'll, I'll be honest, I've never seen this happen on a, a CLR report before. Probably what I would end up doing, Josh, is um, downloading a, a high-level category listings report that's not necessarily um, your data, but like the blank template, and then just filling it in there and building it manually. So a template can be found in the catalog um, inventory uploader section, and you can find it there. We want the variation theme to be style and color. So that is when you have the dual parentage going on. And dual parentage, a little bit more difficult than having a singular parentage. Uh, however, competitors in our category are using style and color. So no option to select these on the variation theme. So, so a lot of, uh, we've seen a lot of parentage uh, changes in the last couple of months on, on some of the data. And if you use a dual parentage from, looks like my power just went on, you saw my light flash. So I'll probably try and rejoin here. Uh, on my desktop computer. We'll keep my mobile link up just in case. Uh, so today, if you guys want to ask me a question on camera, I would love to take your questions on camera. All you got to do is join that StreamYard link. If you're having any trouble joining that, let us know in the comments section. Uh, we do not currently have a guest waiting. So if you join, we can jump you right into the stream right now and take your question. Uh, so I'm going to flip my computer on. You guys, let's give you a little tour. This is my setup. So behind me here, you can see by my stream light right there. Uh, here's my computer, my mic. I've got a road mic, the road setup. So computer's now flipping back online here. We'll be back up online here momentarily. Just uh, if you're just joining us, we had a power outage. So that's always fun to have a power outage right as you go live on your live stream. Always a fun thing to happen. Um, but yeah, Josh, I have solved this before. You just have to do uh, a generic category download. Uh, on, on a blank, uh, blank uh, Excel template file. You may want to check out one of my parentage videos. I do cover that. Uh, that'll be helpful for you to do. I'm going to click on joining the stream here. Should be back up momentarily on my main desktop computer. And I also have to turn my mic back on. Gotta love power outages. I know we have that semi-tropical storm coming out of Florida of late. So internet not quite back up. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. Uh, while the internet is resetting itself, it looks like it might be almost online. What do I enter in the variation theme column? So what you're going to do there, and let's see, yeah. having a stream. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so we can mute. Hit mute. On that. All right, we're going to leave All double right. camera up and take out that one. OK, 
Yeah, I think we got the setup now. Turn off the sound. All right, fully set up. All right, so we got one person in the back ready to take our first question on camera here. So we started on some parentage questions with Lyle. Uh, Lyle, as soon as you turn your camera on, we'll bring you into the stream here. So Lyle, let me know if you're ready. Give us a nice thumbs up on your webcam there. Uh, in the comment section, we have, hello. Hi there, love from Pakistan. Love right back at you. Uh, hello from Texas, Utah here. Streams frozen. Yeah, I had a power outage when we first started out. Hey, Lyle, how are you? Hello, Steve. It's actually D. I work with Lyle, but I'm vlogging yeah. by. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. So, well, hello, D. Hello. Good hello. to meet you. How are you doing today? Happy Thursday. Yes, good. Thank you. Yes, it's been a good day. So, thank you very much. <laughs> so, I'm excited to have you be our first guest today. Um, for those that are watching today's format, we're having uh, Amazon sellers come on and ask their question on camera. So, all right. So what's your question today? How can I be of assistance? Yes. I have a question that um, apparently it's a very complex thing to deal with, but I've been working we'll see, on it We'll for see a what while. we can do to simplify it down. <laughs> Thank you. Basically, there's we have brand registry. Um, and a lot of products listed in the UK under our brand registry. Now, when we've gone to do them in the US, some of those listings have been hijacked and listed as another brand name, but we want them back as our own brand name. We've got like all the proof for the GTIN numbers and everything else that we own them. They, but no matter what we do, Amazon will not allow us to change the brand name or, ex or accept that we are the brand owners. Okay, so, so, the, so the original ASIN, yeah, you had the brand under your brand. Yes. A hijacker came in and they yeah. changed the brand name. Do I have that correct? Yeah, so in the UK, okay. it's still under our brand name. Same ASIN, it's our brand name. It's okay. linked to our brand store. We have brand registry, um, obviously, in UK, Europe, and United States, but they don't, even though like it, in the UK, the same ASIN is owned by us. Like as you know what I mean when so, I say so they change the brand name in a different market. Yeah. Okay. And we're trying so, to get that back. This is fixable. Okay. So which That's market did they change it in? The U.S. U.S. Okay. Have you filed for brand registry in the U.S.? We have brand registry in the U.S. Okay. And the brand name that got changed was it for a listing that you had? after brand registry was completed well we didn't complete brand registry in the us until a couple of months ago all right so there's had... the challenge okay okay so what happened was is the brand wasn't locked yeah the hijacker got away with the brand name change yeah then filed for brand registry yes. now the the proof on whether you own the asin is not going to be hard to do Okay. The challenge is, is that you're going to have to re-hijack the ASIN to a degree. How, how so, do you do that? So step one, yeah. I would, I would, I would do a template upload file sure. using the GTIN, whether it's UPC or EANs and consequentials yeah. that's coming out of the UK there, and 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 load the brand attribute with the UPC and see what happens. Yeah, it just gets rejected. Okay. <laughs> it says it's the incorrect brand name. The the brand that they changed it to. Yeah. When you click that brand name, does it go to a competitor brand store? 
No, this is the odd thing, right? Some of them aren't brand registered, but there's two that are brand registered because it's like we have. So, so it's not. They didn't just go to all the same brand. They did, they chose multiple brands. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so the ones that when you click them, they go to a brand store. Those are going to be the hardest to fix. Yes, there's now two that are like, like that, and Amazon saying there's no way they have brand are. registry, and I'm like, ah, but it's our stuff. Yeah. Um. Did the, the data in the U.S. You guys, did you originally load it? Yes. So is there a date on like the, the load date inside of Seller mm -hmm. Central? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So hang on, back up a little bit. Um, did we originally load it when, like before it was hijacked, you mean? Yes. No. Okay. So, so you guys somebody else did it. So somebody else hijacked it and you were not present in the U S market. That's right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Prior to being any of our products being in the U S marketplace. Got it. Okay. Uh, so, so it's two options. Option one, just make new listings with new GTINs and ignore the problem. Okay. That option sucks. It does. But it, you might have to do that. Yeah. Option two, you rehijack the ASINs and you have to file a ticket for every single issue. You, sh you show the GTIN certificate. You show that you were the first seller of record in the UK and yeah. you escalate the heck out of these tickets. Okay. Um, and after several days of escalation, I would then shoot an email to Jeff at Amazon.com, which is basically yeah. a glorified seller as executive escalations yeah. department at this stage. Yeah. And you're going to outline and say, hey, we own these. We loaded them first. We have hijackers changing these to all these different things. Yeah. We need to restore our brand. Help okay. us out. And and it's probably going to take that level of escalation to fix your challenge, honestly. Okay. Because I'm have, confident it's possible. Yeah. I've um done multiple tickets per ASIN and GTIN um, through both brand registry and seller central. And every single time it gets shot down. So I've got to the point where I'm like, I have no idea what to do now. I could even, I pr think I'm probably, because I've done escalations of them already. I you could, could probably go straight to the jet go straight to Jack with but, my but in your ticketing. Did you show the history, like the proof in the way that I described it, where you were the first seller no. record? Okay. I, I would add that to the cases and then go ahead and send the Jeff email. How would you recommend showing that I'm the first seller of record in the UK? Go, go into your seller central account right now. Yeah. Go to the UK account. Yep. And take a screenshot and I'll, I'll, I'll share my screen here because I know you don't want to share yours live to everybody. <laughs> uh, but in here, you can see like when an item was made. So like, here's a new product we're about to come out with is some greeting cards. Okay. And you can see right here, date created. Okay. Yep. And here's that date right there. So when sure. you take that screenshot, you can show that and, and send that into them. Perfect. Um, so, okay. I, but, so I think, I think we've, we've got a plan for you. I think we're, I we're in the right place. I feel like we've got like some movement forward now. So that's perfect. Thank yeah. you so much. We before before we let you go, uh, yeah. Robert or Sam, you guys are next for questions. We do need you to post your question in the private chat and give us a thumbs up if you're ready. Um, so, Dee, before you go out, anything else? Anything else on your mind? I, I know you've been following us for some time. Do you have any other thoughts yeah. you want to share? Um, I'm sure I will again next week, but this has yeah. been like my biggest headache because <laughs> it's been one of those you, things. You want to go heads down. You want to immediately jump off and start fixing this. I get it. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll let, we'll let you jump off the stream. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, Dee, it was great talking with you. Um, all right, well, Robert, you've got your webcam on. Are you ready to roll? Robert, are you, can you hear me? Uh, yes. 
Oh, sorry. Right. I didn't no, realize here, here. I just yeah. finished typing my question. I jumped Perfect. in and like immediately I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, so we I'm going to dive into the weeds we again. Lost, yeah, we lost the queue. So what we're doing today is sellers come on, ask me any questions. So if you want, we can look at your listing, et cetera, et cetera. I, I see you wrote the question there. Sam, you're on deck. So get ready, Sam. All right. So Robert, how can I help today? So um, another into the weeds question on flat files and um, quant and uh, details in there. Um, I've been working with a lot of flat files to update listings for brand I'm working with. And in variations, the I'm using a size variation in grocery. So to narrow it down, um, I'm, I'm not sure I can show you the brand or anything. I don't know. They might, I might get in trouble for that. But um, so I feel like there's two different fields that combine to show the size in a variation. It looks because it'll say like 6.88 ounce uh, pack of two. So I'm wondering which two fields combine to, or which one field combines to show what's there. Let's go the size go name field work. Just and, so you know. All right, so we're going to go to Amazon. We're going to go find a listing with a size parentage. So here's one with a color or a scent rather, since it's my soaps. So here's what a scent one can look like. Yeah, a scent one uses those nice swatch images. I love that, but I, I can't, I don't want to use that. You can't use that in grocery, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tricky. So, so here's my parentage page where I have like some demonstrations of this. So if anybody wants to follow along or go to this page, just type into Google, my Amazon guy parentage. So here, here's an example of a, of, of a, of a size parentage. Here's a quantity. And what we're going to do is we'll, we'll probably go find that pet shoes one and go straight onto it. So pet shoes here, antlers, see what comes up. This will probably be a pretty good demonstration. So let's click on this one and see if it's got a size one. It does. Perfect. Oh, uh, they went with style. Okay. So these guys have a style jumbo, large, medium, which is basically the same thing as size. Let's go to one couple of more of these. I bet you one of these will have the right field we're looking for. Not that one. Here's a, here's a grocery one I found. I'm going to put this in your the chat. style and pattern name. All right. So you got one in private chat. Let's check that out. Oh, uh, this is a grocery one I just picked up. And what I'm trying to figure out is it says like right there, yeah, 6.88. Six ounce and six pack. I see that. And then it says one pack, three pack, six pack. How do I affect the size, which is 6.88? And how do I, which field affects the pack quantity, which is pack of one, two, three? They're one in the same field, so they're it, they're they're abusing. Um, I don't know if this is yours or whoever, so I, I'll be careful to parse my words. But <laughs> essentially, no, it's not mine. <laughs> yeah, so essentially, that's that's not how they want it to display, um, but they probably allow it if that makes sense. But so so the number of items field is that one, okay. two, three sort of thing. The unit count. See how it says eight right there. I'm wondering if that relates to the number of items in the box stuff. Yeah, it does. Okay, so that's what that's that's where that field's coming from. Um, but but essentially, there's only one size field, and so they're they're putting that information in in the same location. So if you're trying to replicate this, it's doable. Uh, it's probably not ideal. Um, so typically, what I would do is probably uh -huh. just not list out the, the ounces. Just say one pack, three pack, six pack, and call it a day. That's what I would put in the size field. And then on the, uh, there's probably another field in grocery where you can list the ounces in a different location. 
So in the grocery template, there's a size name field. Yep. Uh, now I've put I've put specific uh, um, sizes in there, like six ounce, eight ounce, twelve ounce, but it hasn't displayed. It's actually switched to displaying like you're showing there. And is that because I have other fields filled in? So the size field should only be one single field. So I'm going to try and add this product to my account right now. Right. So I'm going to put in like 20 bucks here and let's see, let's see if I can add this. I just want to see what the back end looks like. All right. So let's go into the inventory page. It might take a second for this product to load. It's not there quite yet, but essentially what I wanted to do is like hit edit and show you like how, how some of these fields can show up on the front end. And yeah, then on yeah, the that's back, my question. Yeah. Yeah. So on the back end uh, inside of a template, it it's, it's going to be, in the template, there's only going to be a, a variation theme type and then a size column that, that it will mirror and match to. Oh, right? what I have in the template is uh, size underscore name. Yep. And I've tried to fill that in and it doesn't display what I put there. The other fields that relate to quantity and size that are in the template are item package quantity, number of items, which is in that red section at the end of the template. Yep. Um, and that seems the number of items. Uh, field seems to affect that uh, icon that appears on the hero image, by the way. I think that's what affects that, but I could be wrong, but it seems like that's what happens, unless it's a one. If it's a one, it doesn't put the icon there, but if it's a multiple, you, it puts the icon there. Are you talking about this right there in the parentheses? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. you know, in the in a hero image, sometimes when you fill out a proper field, yes, it, in the corner, no, I think number of items is what makes appear the icon. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't affect the variation display. Correct. By the way, it's unrelated, completely unrelated. It's completely unrelated, which is very interesting that they're unrelated. Um, the uh, the other unit measures that are in the list in the flat filer, each unit count, um, size name, number of pieces, package quant contains quantity, unit count, and unit count type. So, so here we are on, on, on the inventory editor. Yeah. Part. Okay. So each unit count, this is the eight items that are in size. That's what that's mapped to. Okay. Uh, unit count, probably the same thing. Uh, so let's see how they're defining this. The number of units in and each. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> I think, so I think if it's a three pack, it's still eight, right? So that kind of makes sense, I guess. Okay. Uh, unit count type. So here, here is like where it could be count, it could be ounces, or it can be something else like that, right? Yeah, and I've, I've tried to mess around with this to figure out if this affects what shows in that variation selection criteria. But right here, and, the field right here, the size field. Yeah, that's, that's size the, name. That maps the size name in the back correct, end. Correct. And, and the 6.881 pack is what they've written there. So, okay. All right, so, so let me back up. What's your goal? So my goal is to figure out, okay, I'm trying to change the size name to something different in, in my listing. Okay. Um, I don't know if Amazon's just not accepting the change and I need to try to do it through Vendor Central. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So that you, you, you buried that lead. Vendor Central. So that, that's the other thing. I don't know if it's accepting it or not. I don't know if, um, if it's using other fields because I have them filled in and overriding that size field. Um, and you're saying it doesn't. Size is what displays for the variation no matter what. Yes. 
but because you're using vendor central vendor central tickets are going to be required to change the size field okay no well, i have access to vendor central i've been trying to change it in seller central if the item has ever been loaded to vendor central you have to use you have to edit the data there because gotcha. the data in vendor central overrides seller central gotcha sometimes i get uh okay that makes sense so i uh, if i want to get that change it doesn't matter what i put in the field It'll in seller up. central it just won't need, it just won't come through central ticket and, and and by the way the ticket's very easy give them the asin tell them which field you want say here's the current here's what i want it updated to here's a link oh to yeah I, I i do this all the time i've got thousands of cases open i asked you about this uh last week too um with ticketing systems um which was uh very helpful um we kind of do the same thing with the way we manage them but i didn't realize that that this is just getting permanently overwritten by whatever's in vendor central it may even say success when i try to upload the flat file in seller central but it will never show it correct so the front end is displaying so so what happens is vendor central contribution seller central contribution they merge together vendor almost always overrides and, okay. and brand registry is in the mix somewhere too so vendor contribution seller contribution brand registry contribution and then they all morph up here but still vendor wins typically okay but uh, size so. is definitely just like flavor is what shows in that variation selection box and the only way to fix it is in vendor central okay uh unless i'm getting contribution rights and it's not in vendor central which is a little you've got I don't know it. it's tricky to figure out because we have it in both because they well, no longer sell in, one piece if, if, if you're a vendor central seller when in doubt start in vendor central yeah, I try that too. And sometimes when I'm trying to add an item, it says this is a bundled item. You can't add it to your catalog or something like that. That's another error I get. I'm sure you've seen. <laughs> there are so many different errors when it comes to catalog management, isn't so it? So when I get that, <laughs> when I get that, I edit it in Seller Central. Um, ideally, I'd like it to be all in Vendor Central because the the, the template is just more complete as well. Yeah, but um, you know it is what it is. Um, the okay, the data is easier to manage in seller, but whenever whenever you throw a vendor in, you're almost forced down the vendor path. So that's so that's I guess I guess what I need to do is put my variations together in Seller Central, and then go to Vendor Central to edit the size names. <laughs> that in Which theory would work. Very yes. convoluted, but it works. But here's the other thing you could do in Vendor Central: load the parentage template, and then tick it and say, "Hey, this isn't working. Please match this this." attached file and they'll do it for you. Okay, the problem is a lot of my items are, uh, I guess they were created as bundled items. I don't really know. Uh, and it won't let me add it to the vendor central catalog. It says this was a vendor. So that one will be a little bit harder to unpack, but in theory, what I think is happening there is you've got multiple SKUs and you need to separate them out. Okay. And, and uh, the, independently. That, but, that's a, yeah, that's a, I guess that's but, a different question to unpack for another time. I'll have to gather more data on that bundle thing. Jason, my vendor central expert would be like, I would recommend a coaching call with him on that particular one. Um, okay. He'll know more than I will on that one. Uh, so Robert, Jason, thanks, thanks for stopping by. It's good to see you again. Thank you. I'll be in YouTube. We'll see you later, Robert. All right. So Bob, uh, you're next. How are you doing, Bob? We don't have any audio from you, so I'm going to click on the. Un Can you click on mute for us there? We got you now. All right. So Bob, yeah, I've got you. Your, Can you hear me now? I, I'm doing great. And by the way, you have an amazing beard, sir. Thanks, sir. There? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So what? How can I help today? Well, 
uh, back in July, I shipped in three boxes of used books and uh, Amazon was uh, nice enough to lose one of them. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And of course, it started off with used, with the usual customer service routine of, well, show us your vendor invoices and authorized agreements, stuff like that. So I went to, uh, uh, I jumped over them, went to Jeff at, at you know, Amazon.com and uh, didn't really get too far with them the first time. And so uh, this is now, what, this is back in July. And I went through them a second time. And the bottom line is, is they're just saying they never received the third box, which their own software shows they received. And uh, so, they're just not doing so anything about is, it. So at this point. Good news is I think this is recoverable very easily. Um, I, I don't so, see how since I, but I'll listen to you, whatever, whatever advice you've got, I'll, I'll listen to. I, I, I think you're going to have a positive outcome here. So inside of Seller Central, when you go to the shipment, you can see the three boxes and their tracking IDs. And, and so, Bob, if your third box arrived, there's a tracking ID that says, says it arrived, right? Yeah. So if, so if that exists, you simply just need to just file an FBA ticket requesting reimbursement for lost um, shipment. Make sure that all of the ASINs that are in that shipment are still on your account and they have a, a retail price. And what they'll do is they'll reimburse you as if the item sold. So if it would normally sell for 10 bucks minus fees, let's say the fees were five bucks. Listing? Yeah, make sure the make sure the listing still exists on your inventory page. So so let's say that box had 10, 10 books in it. I told you this is back in July. I understand. So so if you've got a box that's missing, you're gonna file for reimbursement. This is I like to call this a clawback. Um, and and so what you do as a seller is there's two ways to file reimbursement. Way number one is to go to the shipment and ask for a reconciliation. Okay, that's that's the way that they prefer it to be done. Uh, sounds like you've tried that. They asked for an invoice. Uh, you got stuck in that process. The second way, though, is to simply file an FBA ticket and give them a link to the shipment ID and say, you know, hey, this box was lost. Please reimburse me. Simple as that. See what they do. That generally works. If you get stuck with that, we do have uh, a, a service that we can help you out with. And it's called My Refund Guy. The first 500 bucks are on us. You only lost one box. You're probably not losing more than $500. So if you want, take advantage of our service. Sign up at My Refund Guy. We'll probably just get this done for you, no problem. Um, so I would. that's what I would recommend, right. Bob. Does that, does that give you a little light at the end of the tunnel? I appreciate it. No problem. All right, Bob. Yeah, thanks we'll for coming on the we'll podcast. We'll see how far today. we get. I, I report back. Let me know next week. Stop on by next week. Let me know if it's done for you. I bet. I bet by next week it could be. We'll see. All right. Thanks again, Bob. All right. So uh, we've got one more guest in the back here. Hey, how, how's it going? Do you say you say your name, Majid? I uh, don't quite hear you yet. All right. Make sure. I'll give you a second to work on audio there. Well, let me know when you're ready. Give us a thumbs up. Feel free to ask your question on the back end when you're ready there. Um, so today we're doing live Q&A with uh, sellers on Amazon. So if you have a question that you want to ask me live on camera right now, you can click that StreamYard link. It's, the, it's at the top of the YouTube 
uh, right there. And once uh, once you're in the back end of StreamYard, we'll bring you on. You just list your question in the private chat so we queue you up, bring you on, and we're happy to happy to jump in. Uh, so we've been just starting this out, this new format. I'm really excited about it. You get to you get to connect with people um, in, in 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 a way that you haven't been able to connect before. So Dante says Bob has an awesome beard. I agree. Uh, that's why I started out with that. Sam says hello. Lewis says, would this live stay recorded on YouTube? Yes, 100%. So, Lewis, if you've got a question you want to ask on camera and show the rest of your team so they can see the recording later, hint, that is possible. Come join us. Uh, all right, so while we're waiting for our next guest to get set up here, I'm going to go to the comment section. Ahmed says, I've seen many posts on my Amazon guy about internship. I've applied many times for brand manager intern, but then get a response. Can you tell us regarding this? Um, so what you need to do, Ahmed, just send an email over to jobs at myamazon.com asking for a follow-up there, and they'll be sure to get that connected for you. All right, so we've got a couple more guests coming in. So we got Sean and Jeff. Let me know if both of you guys are ready. Feel free to pop your question in the chat. Uh, Sean or Jeff, whoever gives me a thumbs up first, we'll bring, bring you in. So who's ready? I don't see a thumbs up yet. All right, so we got Jeff and, Jeff and Sean. Which one of you guys are ready to go? Oh, go ahead, Sean. All right. We'll go Sean first. All right. Sean, welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast. How can I help? Oh, go ahead, Sean. All right. We'll go Sean first. All right. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast. How can I help? You, you may so want to mute. If I'm looking to add um, hey, multiple quantities uh, to a listing. If I'm looking to add. Um, Sean, make sure you uh, close the other tab out. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting reverb since you got the live up, too. Yeah. Hey, sorry. So if I'm looking to add multiple quantities, I have a warehouse, I have product uh, in the States. Uh, is it yep. possible to create FBM listings uh, and have those on the, on my, uh, with my FBA listings and just have them as a, as a very a quantity variation? You don't need a variation um, to have both an FBM and an FBA. However, so, so the, I guess there might be two two potential solutions or, or questions you have here. So can you have both an FBA and an FBM on the same ACE? The answer is yes. Can you also have uh, a quantity of one, three, 10, or whatever in additional uh, SKUs? And the answer to that is also yes. So which of the two are you looking to do? Uh, just having uh, quantity variations because, uh, you know, we sell skincare products. So instead of having to send in three, you know, a, a package of three or a package of five to, to FBA to have them sell it, we, we would just be able to fulfill it through our uh, our stock and our warehouse. Got it. So, so what you're going to want to do is you're going to need a, you're gonna need extra UPCs for these additional quantity verifications, uh, uh, variations rather. And then you're going to create a parentage. And yes, it doesn't matter whether something's FBA or FBM, you can parent things together. So uh, I'm going to show you one of my own listings because I, I don't expect you want to necessarily show your listing, although you're welcome to propose it or post it in the private chat. We're happy to look at it. But this is a quantity um, listing. So pack of three, six, 12, and 100. Now, I do have all of these at FBA, but let's say the 100 pack wasn't. The variation setup and all the catalog and the parentage work would be identical. It would still be 100% the, the same. The only difference is, is that this one would just be fulfilled by merchant. So no problem there. Uh, so, so if you know how to set up parentage as Sean, it's the same exact process. The, the step that you may not know how to do at this stage is how do you create 
the higher quantity listing. And for that, it's like loading a brand new ASIN. Got you're going to create, you're going to create its own SKU and have its own UPC code. You're going to load that to Amazon and then you're going to do a template file to connect them together like a regular parentage. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then how is the pricing different on, on FBM versus FBA? Um, Considerable. Fee structure. So, so the referral fee is the same 15% either way. Okay. But, but on FBA, they, it's heavily discounted. It's subsidized. So like, right. Yeah, let me bring up my example one more time here. So if I click the rate, here we go. So like this, this three pack might cost me $3.50 to ship out. The six pack will probably cost me the exact same. The 12 pack will barely cost more than that. It might be four fifty, and the hundred pack might be seven bucks or something like that. I, you know, I'm just throwing numbers out. Right. For perspective for you to ship that yourself FBM, it's, it's usually 30 to 55% more expensive from my experience. Now, Obviously, if you're doing high quantity and you have a special discounted rate with FedEx or EPS, all bets are off. You know, you might have a good deal. Um, but but FBA is is a general favorable program. And then it costs you less in labor and everything else, too, on top of that. So so when in doubt, I load stuff to FBA. But in your situation where you're going to do the larger quantities, FBM, that makes perfect sense to me. It's exactly how I would do it if I were you, especially when you're like testing it out to see what will happen. Right. Uh, okay, cool. So, Sean, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, feel free yeah. to continue watching uh, on the YouTube stream there. Thanks for coming on today. We're going to go to Jeff next and then uh, Geraldine uh, on the back here. Let's see what we got the queue. Go ahead and post in the comments who's got the queue because we got a few people in the back now. Jeff, thanks uh, Thanks for coming on the My Amazon Guy podcast. Uh, you're, you're one of our super fans you're, and you're here routinely. So appreciate you being on. Sure. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Uh, I've been up. Sorry, I've been up since 4 a.m. putting out Amazon dumpster fires. Oh, yeah, that never <laughs> Oh, it just, it never ends. Uh, but I don't want to talk about dumpster fires today. I want to talk about okay. keyword indexing and ranking. All so right, let's hear it. when I'm using Helium 10 and I want to look at all my competitors and what they're, what, not just what they're indexing for, but what they're ranking on page one for. Sure. What I'm a little bit uncertain about how to steal their high indexing, high ranking keywords, not just their list of high volume keywords. Does that make sense? Yes. This is a filtering question. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what, and I, I can demo this one. So essentially what we just need to do is, is learn how to filter the data so that you get the maximum uh, value gain that you're looking for. So what we're going to do, I just, I just logged into Cerebro here. So we're going to go into Cerebro and let's say that the soap page, this is one of my favorite sellers, one of my best sellers. And I have to click on a couple of buttons here to get going. Um, but essentially what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to learn how to filter this. Now you can put up to 10 ASINs in here and I would recommend you do that when you go through this process, like pick mm -hmm. 10 competitor ASINs, but for simplicity's sake, we're going to focus on one and inside of the Cerebro filters inside of Helium 10, you can do a lot of things, right? So first of all, you can download this in Excel and do whatever you want in Excel, but inside of the direct portal, we can, we can sort this by rank. So let's say, you put in 20, let's say you put 10 ASINs up here and you just want to know everything in slot zero through 20. So normally 
I have 2,600 keywords index, but when we hit the supply button of that 1,500 show up in the top 20 in organic specifically, which is actually really strong. So of, of my list here of 2,600 keywords, 1,600 are showing at the top of page one, which is great. And, and so now, now that we filter this, we can then also look at the search volume, right? So like I, I'm going to pull over the search volume column over to the far left just for demonstration purposes. Mm -hmm. And now we could filter this by volume, right? And so on the very right-hand side, uh, we're only supposed to be showing 0 through 20. So I'm not sure why this particular keywords are showing up. So these, these shouldn't be showing up. So I wonder why the, let's see, what am I missing on the filter here? So I hit, I hit 0 through 20. Do you uh, limit, uh, Stephen, do you limit search volume too? Do you put search volume in there? Or do you not, not at this stage. You, you could, right? So like we, we could say we're going to have everything under 5,000, for example, and hit apply. Okay. Right, And then you can see the filters go down. Um, so, so you can see here that filter works. Anything under 5,000 and it's sorted by search volume works really good. Um, but it's supposed to also be able to filter just by the rank right here. So now, now we we can click on both those buttons. You can download the file, right? And we've got over 50 keywords showing up in the top 10 organically, all under 5,000 search volume. So then you can decide, okay, based on this list, what am I what am I going to focus on? Well, I'm going to focus on artisan as a keyword. Well, if you look in the word frequency, does that word show up? No, it doesn't. It's a little bit more fringe, right? But if you go into phrases containing artisan Right, so we'll get rid of the 5,000 and we'll hit apply again. And we have 18 keywords that show the word artisan. We have all of our rankings right here. We have all of the search volume right here. And, and we can see this is clearly not an important keyword to focus on overall, right? Like there's barely any artisan keywords, no search volume whatsoever. Okay. And, and as you put in 10 competitors, it helps you filter that out, right? Like so, so that's why I thought your question was was more of a filtering question than anything else. My my second question is I know you're not supposed to repeat keywords. However, I've seen our competitors repeat keywords like three times in a title and then all of a sudden they are showing up on page 1 for that search term and that search term has high volume. So, so we run multiple phases of SEO at my Amazon guy. Phase zero is research. One is indexing. Phase two is multiple indexing or, or, or incremental indexing. Phase three, rank strike zone update, where you focus on keywords rank 20 through 50. And phase four is about market share, your click ratios, ICAP, impressions, clicks, added carts, and purchases. Um, and if anybody wants to learn more about what I just talked about, just go to myamazonguy.com slash SEO, and it'll run you through all that. But, but in short, during each phase, you have different goals and different metrics. So if you're trying to index, it doesn't help you to show up multiple times. That's why in phase zero through two, we would not recommend putting a keyword multiple times. But, but starting at phase three and phase four, putting a keyword multiple times actually does make sense because okay. it does help with the ranking because it's, it's a focus on relevancy. Now, um, within reason, right? So putting the keyword three times in the title. I don't know if that'll help too much. They're probably just really it looks bad too. Yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it in the title, but what I would do is say put it in the title, the search term field, the bullet points, the description, a header of the A plus content, and in the alt text. I would do that, and that's what I mean by showing up multiple times. Okay, and then last thing, and I'll get off here. Um, the strength of title. 
versus backend keywords versus bullet points versus plus. Huh? Titles most important. Search terms is two. It falls off very quickly from there. Bullets, then A plus content, description. Uh, alt text is in the dead last, but still very effective. So it is title, backend keywords. Title, then search term field in the back end, then bullets, description, alt text in that order. Great. You've been a great help. Thank you, Stephen. No problem. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. I right, appreciate you. All right. So, Geraldine, let me go to the queue here. Who is next? Who's ready to roll, Geraldine? So we've got Lewis is next. All right. We'll bring in Lewis here. Uh, Lewis, how's it going? Good, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast, where we're talking to sellers today live. How can I help? Uh, so my question is, like I put it on the chat, uh, I'm mainly on wholesale. I mainly sell groceries and beauty. Yep. So I haven't, but I'm trying to sell like husband items, you know, like uh, hair coloring, some deodorants that are like sprayed or anything, anything like that, you know, that is considered hazmat. So my question is, how do you prep? Uh, I mean, do you, do, you, do you prep them whenever they're like bundles, kind of like you do regular items, meaning like a poly bag, FN ski sticker, and do not separate sticker, and that's it? And then how's the process, you know, to ship and everything? I mean, I know it's a little bit different, like you're supposed to use, you know, uh, I mean, you're not allowed to use Amazon, you know, carrier. You're, you're supposed to do like a non-partner carrier, but... Uh, like I said, so are we talking about hazmat specifically? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, for, so for hazmat, they won't use the partner carrier. You're correct. Right. And, and uh, that's just because they don't want the liability of, of uh, explosives and hazmat and all that good stuff. But, but, but in terms of the prep work, honestly, it's pretty much identical. Uh, as long as it can travel safely and arrive without being damaged, you're solid. Now, okay. having said that, Amazon has some qualifiers on the prep work in terms of what they require for each type of product. So if we're talking about a glass, I know this isn't hazmat, but if we're talking about a glass, it has to be bubble wrapped or it has to be packaged. It can't just be, it can't arrive like this and go out to the consumer like this. It has to be protected. So for a hazmat item, um, they may require a poly bag. Right. So, it, it, so, and it's used the keyword wholesale. So you're buying from a bunch of wholesalers. Mm -hmm. So when you first load the item, it may not require a prep. And then, and then the second time you ship it in, it might. So when you're first rolling this out, you may not have to do that. Um, you should, once you understand what each category requires, you should go through the motions of, of prepping it. And, and typically from my experience, most hazmat just simply needs the polybag. Right. Okay. Sometimes they need like the safety seal and certain products and stuff like that. Um, but but each of the each of the hazmats tells you how to prep it. So if you're selecting a certain type of, of hazmat category, whether it's aerosol, whatever it might be, just read the help file on that. It'll tell you how it should be prepped. When you go to create the shipment the first time, it may not require it, but they may start giving you shipping notices and, and fine you in some instances if you don't don't respond. But the second time you ship it, almost guaranteed they'll 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 have the requirement listed in there. Okay. Okay. Does that help? Uh, yes, it does. Oh, one, and one more question. So then, sure. okay, so you prep it, you know, either like poly bags, put the FSQ sticker, and then you put it in the box. What do you put outside in the box? I mean, you put the, the box label, 
but I think you also need to put like the diamond sticker, I think, that is shows there is like a hazmat like on the box. So in terms, of, in terms of the sticker, I don't know the answer on that one off the top of my head, um, but I but I bet you there's probably a health file on this. Um, so Amazon hazmat guidelines shipping. So I'm just going to see if I can find something real quick, uh, see what we need to do. Like, Because cause I, I, I do know what you're saying with the sticker. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's considered hazmat? How to identify it? The review process? The program, uh, on-site compliance and responsibility. So, yeah, okay. So not not finding the help file too quickly, uh, but I but I'm confident that there is one that specifically says here's how to prep it, what stickers need to go on. So I would go into seller support, and if you can't find that help file, file a ticket and say, hey, can I get the help file on hazmat require shipping requirements? They should be able to locate that for you. Oh, okay, okay, sounds good. Yeah. So sorry I couldn't give you the the sticker question, but uh, at least helped you out on like knowing what to expect at the very least. So thanks right, for coming yeah. on. You you did help me with that with the prepping and like you said. Yep. All right, awesome. All right, we'll we'll see you later. All right, so Noman, you're next, my friend. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, everything is good. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast. How can I help you? Yeah, so I just have some questions regarding PPC when you're launching a new product. So what should we do in the beginning? Should we lower our price or uh, should we focus on long tail keywords in the beginnings uh, in the beginning if the bids are really high? So I would definitely have the price of the item as low as possible because the conversion increases and it leapfrogs your keyword ranking. So um, I do have a, a graphic on this one where I have like a, a, a recommendation on like where to uh, what pricing strategy to use. Uh, so let's see if I can find that real quick. Coming up a little short on the fly, but but in any case, I would recommend lo- launching your product somewhere between 40 and 50% off of your target price. And if you do that, you're going to be able to launch a little bit faster. Your, your ACoS will actually be lower overall. And essentially the strategy here is to get as much maximum marketing exposure when you first launch the product. If you think about the cost analysis, would you rather spend $5,000 in PPC or reduce your price by $5,000 all in after all said and done for all the sales and you get the same exact result, which of those two would be better? Yeah. So reducing the price, reducing the price would be better because of velocity the yep. more velocity you have and, and and this is especially true on a launch product because uh if if you have a higher velocity when you launch the product you leapfrog the keyword rankings you then get a discount on the ads you then show at the top of page one faster so that's why i recommend going at a really low price now that doesn't mean stay at 50 percent off for a month it might only need to be for seven days. And then you raise your price 10% every week or something like that until you hit your price parity you're looking for. But by slowly raising the price and advertising like that, you're gonna have a lot of uh, benefits. Now, now you kind of asked some other uh, entry-level intro PVC questions as well. I would recommend that you launch an auto campaign, broad match, phrase match, exact match, all of the above when you first launch a product. 
it, it increasingly surprises sellers and brands, but the broad match campaigns frequently are doing the best right now. And, okay. and so for example, I did a broad match campaign, gifts from mom, $5,000 in PPC spend, 11,000 overall spend. And I did 144,000 USD in 30 days on a mom box by using that strategy. I, I, I loaded at a lower price. I raised the price as quickly as I could. And then I was off to the races. So, so those are some preliminary answers, but I'll pause there. What, any follow-up questions on PPC? Uh, not regarding so much PPC. So like I'm talking about, I want to talk about variations. So okay. like, you know, if we have three variations, so in the beginning, should we go with variation or should we separate that for more visibility? Generally speaking, parenting a new item is favorable. If, if you parent together 10 items that have never been on Amazon before and, and parent them together, almost always one or two of those SKUs will take off and the other eight won't. That happens almost every time. This is normal. Um, if you have a previously loaded item and you pair another one with it, the second, the new item when parented together will launch faster. And, and that's because some of the sales from the original item are siphoning over and that velocity benefit during the honeymoon period is substantial. So generally speaking, parenting um, newly launched items, favorable. Now, when I get two items that are doing really, really well in the same exact parentage, I will split them off. And the reason I do that is because when items are parented, you can only show one of the child's in the search results for any particular keyword. The keywords are ranked at the child level, but they are stored and combined at the parent while parented together in the variation models. So if I want to show up twice for men's artisan soap, I need to, to separate out my soaps. But if I am okay with only showing my best item on that search term, I'll leave them parented together. So that's that's kind of a, a quick tutorial on parentage theory. Is that, is that helpful, Noman? Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, should we target uh, do product targeting in the beginning for PPC as well for new launch? Hit or miss? Um, generally miss. Um, so I would test it, but not very much on the budget there. When, when it does well, Put, put resources there, but it generally doesn't. Okay, thank you so much. For no problem. Thanks for coming on, Noman. All right, so let me look at the queue here to see who we've got next. We've got lots of people adding written questions as well. We are focused on uh, the video questions first on the back end. So Zamir, I know you're in the back end here. We don't have a question written for you quite yet. Uh, so if you want to ask a question, please please let us know. Uh, and it looks like you're, you're next in line, Zameen. So, so as soon as you are ready to roll, let us know. I'm going to go to the written questions while we wait for you there. Uh, so yes, uh, what we just talked about is going to, going to market at cost or as close to cost as possible when you first load the product. You'll get some really big benefits from that. Uh, Ryan says, not sure how you're going to get the product in front of buyers on page one of the search results for a new product without doing any advertising. And if you have a great price, people can't find it. That's correct. Got to go really heavy on the PPC, otherwise you're going to be driving them from from uh, from off of Amazon. All right, so I think I think Zamir was typing out his question and he's ready to roll. So hey, welcome to the podcast. Hi, this is Zamir. I'm calling from India, North Kashmir at the moment. I think all right, for the different world. Hello, uh, India. Yeah, North Kashmir. Yeah, I have regarding the PPC and uh, I I recently start my Amazon, so I start me this. Uh, a PPC campaign, auto campaign. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm selling the Kashmiri scarf over there. So I it takes a while because uh, I spend a lot of time to set the title after spending a lot of time on helium and create the nice kind of hinge over there. So long tail. So ultimately, I start getting you know good results from uh, automatic and I start selling products. So I was mostly concentrate on uh, keywords. Uh, but uh, it surprises me. I got the most of the orders on the you know essence, which is uh, which I was not aware about. It's like the product targeting. Yeah. So, so we, just, we just we just talked about product targeting and it's hit or miss, and you found a hit. Yes. Okay. So 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 what happened? So uh, I, I I noticed there are list of essence from top to bottom, and I have some four kind of only I noticed only four keywords over there. So what I decided, I decided to uh, pick all the SN and I create the manual political targeting on the other side. Once I noticed all these SNs and the same SN I picked and I sent them to the manual product targeting. But the same SN I put them, uh, you know, negative exact in automatic. And once I did that uh, and I I, I also created the manual campaign for the keywords, uh, which I noticed, uh, you know, in automatic. And what I did, uh, I put all the four keywords in the broad, and I also put them in the exact. Sent them in the exact. And you got from the, Yeah, and and from the exact, uh, I also put same keywords in the broad negative. Because I thought I don't need to do like kind of cannibalization. So if, if I'm sure this is going to give me a result. So there is no question if I put this in the broad, but I also put this in the broad negative, you know, so that broad has. So a, I, would, I would not negate a good keyword ever. So if, if it's yeah. working on one campaign, I would not negate it on the other campaigns. I know you're probably doing that for segmentation purposes. But from my experience, if you have um, an exact and a broad match and they and they have the exact match in it without negating it, you'll have a discount on the broad match campaign. You'll have better performance on the broad, typically. People are okay. bidding exact match up. That's why. But 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 go on. What, what's your question? So my question is, you know, once I moved these uh, essence from there, because I use the negative exact in the automatic, my impressions start get going down you know it makes me surprised oh my god I, uh, because I, I was you know i was expecting no i should have it's going to give me a good result because i don't want to if i'm sending something to the exact i don't want to same in the in in the automatic same so automatic will find something else for new keywords i was expecting but uh, the all the impressions i had like 40000 or 45000 impressions all of the sudden i noticed within 3 4 days it's going down so now i thought oh what should i do with this and same thing happened with the product targeting as well because i put the negative what is in the exact i put in the negative exact yes and so so that's generally why i would recommend not negating good keywords or good asin product targeting so i only negate things that i don't want to show up on so the I, I think a lot of Amazon PBC experts talk about adding negations for segmentation purposes, mm-hmm. and I would not align myself to that strategy. So I recommend negations only to remove bad performing keywords. Don't use negations for segmentation strategies because the same keyword can perform differently 
across different campaign types. And generally what we've seen in the last year especially is broad match will perform better on the same keywords. So that's why I recommend don't negate on, on set for segmentation strategies. But so, so you, so you sell a cashmere scarf, uh, you've been, you've been, you're doing some PPC. How's it going for you, by the way? How, how are sales? Uh, sales because uh, I spend a lot of time, especially I worked a lot on, you know, product listening. I created a very nice listening over there and I created, I, I heard you are, you are suggesting someone to use a nice, you know, blood points and all sprinkle all the keywords over there. Don't put yes. everything over there. So I, I just want to make sure what I have in the title, I have the other words in my search term and what I have in the search term, I have the other, you know, possible words in my bullet, uh, bullet points on, just on the top. So I'm using like blood points, like, you no, know, just beginning. I'm putting other possible keywords. So it's it's going to like a kind of nice spider over there. And what other possibilities I, I exactly put, you know, what you suggest to the before, you know, uh, I put them all in, you know, in the A plus content. So Good. I thought I'm, I, I start noticing I'm getting orders by organically. Some I have some yes. start getting orders from organically. Yes, but I think it's too early still. Uh, it has been only two or three months. So I think it's going to give me a better result. I have to be a little more patient. But I need to understand if I got something from automatic, if I move, the, if, if I'm using the same SN in the product targeting or or keyword mm -hmm. in the manual, sh should I leave the keyword same uh, like automatic? I I, I will not uh, you know block it, it there and I'm going. Leave it there. Do it in both. You will not compete against yourself. You will get different results, and the auto because it has history will have a lower PPC cost. It'll save you money. So so you are suggesting me not to block. Don't block it. Yeah, because you know since I block it. My orders start no, getting. I'm not getting any orders latest. Exactly. So I removed all of them. Correct. You you basically had a good a good campaign, <laughs> and you hit it in the face. <laughs> you, yes, you I started. So undo yeah. it. Go go go. Remove the negations, and I bet you within 48 hours, it will recover. And I want to hear that. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'm a little excited, and uh, I have one last question to you. Now, uh, I'm using this. I'm I'm using this uh, Amazon because I have my brand. My brand is over registered there, so we are doing well. So uh, I think I have put my video over there. So we are working on the new because we are selling the handmade item. So I have put the mannequin over there. Like mannequin is moving, and I am sewing the scarf. Now we have decided to remove that video from it. So we will show it. Uh, how exactly this start is you know, made by hand and handloom on the handloom. So we create the wonderful video, which are, we are going to put, you know, very soon. I think that's going to convert my business more over there. And uh, other thing is I'm also, you know, running my, you know, EU marketplace, you know, Amazon EU marketplace. Yep. And yep. While, while my account was active over there, I have recently changed the title because I have started my new company because I'm already running the export business. So I don't want anything, you know, merge with that. So I have started the new, uh, new company, especially for this. So once I change the title, so they start a verification me, you know, my everything, all the document, so all the document. I, I, I you know the Amazon.com is absolutely fine. I'm talking about EU marketplace. Yep. So Amazon.co.uk. Yep. So yeah, so I, I follow you. Yeah. Once I start to submit all the document, 
everything was fine. I spot my document, my personal document, everything. And my partner, my partner verification, there was only one document left. So this was like a blood and, and I, I uploaded the document and I noticed they, they want something, you know, stamped or banked. Yep. Because of that, Europe, Europe is a lot harder on documentation. So, so what, what's your question yes. here? So my, I mean, they, they suspended my account, so I didn't know what to do with this. <laughs> you, you file an appeal and, and you, you reload the document. Sometimes you just have to reload what you've already provided them and ask them to unsuspend you and, and see what happens. But if, if you think they're asking for a document you haven't provided, try, try and get that document and try and provide it. So so. I, have, I have only one option there. That is the help option. I can go over there. I can add the document and that's yep. the option I'm getting only. Correct. You're, yeah, you're, you're in the right path. It's just slow europe europe appeals are a little tricky uh it, it's not a fun process they're very very specific over in europe us you can get away with a lot more a little bit loosier goosier on on government regulation it's it's the european constitutions the european government laws that are causing you problems not amazon specifically mm. believe it or not my, so, my, all right all right so zamir thanks thanks for coming on today appreciate your oh, question thank you so much thank you so much i appreciate all your you know kind words and help and i'm going uh, to definitely that's going to help me you know to promote this more you bet all right well we appreciate you too thanks for coming on um okay so we don't have somebody else ready to go on camera on the backstage so if you want to slip in and be one of our last guests today click on the StreamYard link at the top of the youtube description while we wait for somebody some lucky person to come on we're going to read some questions from the comment section. So Safebuy says, I have 200-piece bath mat rugs for sale for a very good price. I keep adding my product, but it doesn't show up in the managed inventory. What is the problem in these situations? Uh, that one, that one's tricky to troubleshoot without seeing it. I wonder how you're adding the product. So are you adding a brand new product that's never been added before and you're missing some core fields and it's showing up in your drafts? You may want to track, uh, check the draft section. The other thing too, safe buy, I might recommend doing a template upload if the manual loading of the process is not working for you. So check that out. Uh, somebody asks how to use PPC to rank a product. So if you've put an exact match keyword on the back end uh, of Seller Central, you will able you, you're more than likely to rank it because of the benefits um, to the keyword gains. Every PPC sale generates three SEO sales over six months. Uh, typically from my experience. DJ says, do you have any opinions on Amazon selling partner starter programs? Amazon's invited me to this. Curious to any experience you've had about it. I'm not a fan of pretty much 80% of Amazon's programs. Uh, they're, they're lip service at best, typically. So Vine, uh, Amazon Launchpad, these SaaS programs, all these things that are out there, typically speaking, not, not the greatest um, you're better off hiring an Amazon partner outside of Amazon to get going from my experience for the amount of time you're going to invest in it. Uh, Becca says you have more options and variations, including three tiers, style, size, and color. You do. That's true. Um, I generally recommend a singular parentage. I think it's uh, kind of confusing to consumers, uh, to do some of that. So. All right, so Majid, we got you on the back end here. If you want to add your webcam and you got mic working, once you add the webcam and you're ready to roll, we'll pull you onto the podcast here. Uh, reading some more questions while we're waiting for our next guest. We still have room for at least one more. Click on the StreamYard link if you want to come on camera with us today. YBT says, sir, which product is good for starting on Amazon from 10,000 
USD dollars. That's pretty much a wide open market. World is your oyster question. Uh, you could get away with launching pretty much anything for ten thousand. That's a that's a healthy budget. Um, people are trying to shoestring for three to five thousand. That's where it gets tricky. You don't have enough money for cogs and then running an advertising budget. But I like home goods. That's my favorite market to be in. Uh, so that's where I generally spend most of my time. We also sell clothing and holsters at my Amazon guide. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and you like to support us, you can go to myamazonguy.com slash swag. And we have uh, merchandise you guys can purchase, including uh, some of the products that I sell on Amazon, including Age of Sage, Lily Posh, and Holstit. Links to all of our direct stores there. You can also pick up a t-shirt as well as a baseball cap uh, for $20 and $25 a piece if you're interested. I'm wearing one of these shirts right now. They are fantastic. Wearing the hat as well. You can see that. So if you guys want to support us, do that. You can also become a member of the YouTube channel by clicking join right there on YouTube. Uh, and we appreciate all the support that you guys give us. Uh, AMZ Elite says, Lyle, from the beginning of the broadcast, exactly the same problem. Managed to do it. Uploaded the EAN and ASIN to my Shopify. Made lots of photos and proofs to get that to get fixed. Appreciate you sharing that, that tip there. That is a great uh, recommendation to do that. How to find the best suppliers which have profitable products. So I'm not the sourcing guy. That's not my podcast. I'm the marketing guy. Uh, so sourcing, a little bit trickier. I, I do recommend having personal relationships with your manufacturer, though. Uh, specifically, call them, talk to them, visit them. Uh, don't just do the orders off Alibaba. Uh, it's not going to work out too well. Ryan Dacus says, I agree, Stephen. Most of Amazon's pro programs are pretty suspect. I call it lip service. The account management service they offer is expensive. They don't provide much assistance. Yes, basically for the same cost as Amazon's account management, where they basically just file a couple of tickets for you. You could hire an agency with PPC experts, SEO design, merchandising, the full nine yards. We hope you do that. We hope you go check us out over at My Amazon Guy and, and, and do that with us. Okay, so we got uh, we got you on camera now. How's your mic? Not not hearing you. I'm so sorry. We've been trying to get you on. Still no mic. All right, we'll we'll keep you we'll keep you in the back here. Keep trying to work on that mic, my friend. Uh, I'll read a few more questions. We do have room for one more guest to come behind the scenes and ask their question on camera. Just go click that button at the top of the YouTube video for the Streamyard. Uh, it will make you log in with your YouTube credentials. Uh, how do you recommend we can the first 10 reviews after launch? So you can use Vine, although I'm not a big fan of it these days. I don't use it personally. Uh, the other thing is, is just generate orders. So if you go to market with really low prices uh, and you generate orders, that's the fastest way to get reviews. One out of 100 people will leave a review on average across the Amazon platform, not category specific. So those are things that you basically just you just need to get a thousand orders to get your first 10 reviews it sounds like a lot but it goes pretty quick believe it or not uh the faster you get your velocity going the better uh let's see let's go for some questions i haven't hit yet not sure you're getting the product in front of buyers on page one of search results without doing any advertising i think i think i read that one earlier. let me keep you on uh rasvan says hi guys any tips for getting a buy box quicker for a new account fbm listings already sold over 100 units at fba if you don't have a buy box after 100 units in sales that is really unusual uh, i don't know if it's your account specifically 
or if it's your listing at that point. But typically speaking, if you've had 100 units in sales, you should not have buy box problems at the account level. So I kind of wonder if you have uh, issues uh, specifically on the ASIN, maybe like the price is lower off of Amazon. That's the first thing I would check. Go Google the UPC, uh, see if it shows up in shopping or anywhere else for a lower price. I think that'll be beneficial. Uh, let's see. Have a unique product design. Want to grow the first product, then move it more into ASIN into my portfolio. Am I needing full A plus content and SEO help? Yes, I would recommend always have A plus content on every single listing. Write out the copy, invest there. Very, very beneficial. I hired Mag for my launch of my improved product. First product so far, they've added lots of value. I'm really great. glad to hear that. Thank you for your support and being a customer of my Amazon guy. Uh, is your SAMAS, is your service recommended for someone that just launched their first product? Uh, this is a finance question. If you are all in on the Amazon marketplace, this is like your dream, or maybe you're a manufacturer, maybe you're uh, an operations guy, and this is your full-time job. Hiring us may make sense. If this is a side hustle, you have a full-time job and it doesn't go well, you can go back to your full-time job, right? So depending on the speed or the scale, how quickly you want to go would be the answer to your question. But if you have the financing, you wouldn't lose your shirt. If you hired me and you would lose your shirt if things failed, don't hire me. It's an investment. It's it, There's some risks involved. Um, Jack says, I got a question. Will Amazon still run your PPC to an ASIN if you're not winning the buy box? Answer, no, it will not. However, if you're in a buy box rotation, it can sometimes for about 15 minutes you may see that. So if you're a reseller, which looks like Jack might be a reseller, uh, you may see your PPC on a little bit longer as the as the ads rotate through. Diana says, hey, how can I send to Amazon oversized box? Only one product on the inside, size more than 25 inches. Can I send a box like that into FBA? Yes. Uh, yes, you can. So sometimes you have to like put a sticker on for oversize. Uh, but if it's over 25 inches and it's a single skew, no problem there. You really shouldn't have a problem at all. Carton size 40 inches, only one product inside. Should be totally fine. When, when you have two items uh, over 40 inches, that's when they start to have a problem, right? They want it to be a single item instead. So uh, just on that shipment day, and I'd recommend putting um, carton size at one, skew quantity at one, and then how many do you want to ship in? I want to ship in 100 of those, no problem. Should go through right away. Uh, if you have any trouble with that, Diana, I, I would recommend a coaching call, especially since you're having some trouble. You want to get that out today. We have same same day appointments available. All you got to do is go over to myamazonguy.com, click on that coaching button, and you can connect with me, Jason, Matt Davis, Francisco, Shimon. Any of us are available to help you make that shipment, same day appointments available. All right. So uh, I think that might be our last guest today. So I'm going to look at the comment section and see if we missed any other great questions. Other than that, we'll be wrapping up today. Uh, so we had a lot of good questions on indexing today, PPC. We had a lot of great PPC questions. Sam asks, do you recommend using Data Dive? I do. Uh, actually, we talked a lot about this on yesterday's podcast with Josh uh, Hadley, and he she, he did almost like a live demo of Data Dive. So you're going to want to check that video out next after you're done watching today. Ryan also giving an endorsement for Data Dive. We use it as an alternative tool to H10 and Jungle Scout. Great tool depending on your data you're after. Uh, I am a big proponent of Helium 10. Uh, if you guys want to get a discount, 20% off your first six months of Helium 10, you've never tried it out before, 
uh, check out my promo code. It'll be in the description of the video. Uh, Geraldine, if you could link that in the comment section so people would check that out, I do recommend it. Uh, Safe Buy, we see on the back end here, if you've got your webcam up, we might, you might be our last guest today. So let us know once you get that webcam up and you're ready to roll. We'll pull you on camera here. Uh, Malik says, I have one product that sometimes Amazon fees are $10 and other times around $5. Any, any idea why? Uh, I would first thing I would do, Malik, is check the the shipping size on the back end that you put in. Sometimes a lot of uh, sellers will put the case size into the product dimensions field, and then Amazon is charging you the case size to ship out your single unit, uh, and the dimensions are wrong on the back end. So that's the number one mistake that we see people make. Highly recommend it. Josh Kennedy says, thanks, Stephen. So if you guys like the podcast today, if you found something valuable, please leave a comment on it, especially if you're watching on the replay. Comments help us with the YouTube algorithm. It's seen by more sellers. Be sure to tell somebody that they can come on next week, Thursday at noon, and ask me, Stephen Pope, any Amazon question live on camera, and we'll see if we can help you. We'll give you advice, troubleshoot, talk about PPC, SEO design, merchandising, and much more. All right, so looks like that'll be our show today. Thanks for coming on to the My Amazon Guy podcast. My name is Stephen Pope. If you guys want to hire an agency to accelerate your sales, go check us out at myamazonguy.com. And if you guys want to watch that demonstration of the, the data dive tool, check out yesterday's video uh, that we did with Josh Hadley. We live demoed that. Watch that video next. We'll see you next week.